the Full 90 Soccer Time podcast, our sometimes weekly look at the Seattle Sounders FC. Nerdy soccer culture attempts to combine 69 and 420 and understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty, MLS. We're your hosts for mornings on 107.7 The End. I'm Gregor, and he's been in the locker room on the pitch and on the other side of the Cascade Mountains for a year. He's branded from the internet. Okay, first of all, six months. Second of all, uh, you can tell that I've been here for a long time because I'm I've finally uh found the place where I can wear my camo MLS Cup champions hat uh and not feel weird about it. Oh, I hadn't noticed that it was camo because I have the pictures shrunk down so mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 definitely like if you look at the bottom of it, very camo. If you look at the front and back and the rest of it it's also very camo so i feel like uh this was because like clint dempsey played for us so (laughs) let's make something that he will wear and he doesn't uh i hate to break it to you but you just got canceled ah crap (laughs) because i got camo cultured (laughs) you got camoed uh is that true or false is that spokane's greatest fear right now is cancel culture i i would say that spokane's greatest fear is um liberals (laughs) <laughs> you know ah! <laughs> they're gonna get you they're gonna ah, turn no! they're gonna turn your kids liberal <laughs> do us a quick solid and click but never mind i was gonna make an awful awful joke and you just can't say that stuff i'm not okay do us a quick solid and click on through to apple Podcasts. give us a rating definitely five stars but primarily leave us a comment we just want to know your favorite ever seattle sounder fc player or uh, front office administrator from Craig, oh. <laughs> or front office administrator's hairstyle from <laughs> Craig Wable's bald head, which is a lot harder to say now that I'm reading it out loud. Craig Wable's bald head to yeah. Garth Lagerway's '90s braids. Wait, does he got braids going on right now? No, in the '90s he did. Though. Oh, okay, when he I'm was sorry. the goalkeeper from some team in the other rest of the MLS, uh, yeah. he had like a crazy, um, you know, like Coolio. Uh, had like yeah. the different hair sticking off it. So so Garth Lagerway had like the uh, cultural appropriation version of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Oh. Look it up. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, he looks way different. Yeah, he's skinny. Oh, weird. Yeah, he definitely I yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the undercut. Um, oh yeah. Long hair undercut, and then he had it braided up with the colored, ru- colorful rubber bands in it. It's it, it looks like um, it kind of looks like when. So I have a younger sister who's ten years younger than me, right? Yeah. And when I was a kid, uh, she was a baby, and so um, you know when like babies don't have a lot of hair, and then they start to grow it out. Uh, Especially if it's a young girl um, or a baby girl and your parents are like scared that people are going to think it's a boy uh, Mm. because uh, we're especially in Spokane. We're scared of different genders. Yeah, yeah, Um, of course. uh, So they always put like braids in like the littlest amount of hair in a baby girl. Right. Just to be like, look, they have a braid. It's a girl. That's what Garth Lagerway's hair looks like. Yeah. uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the dog breed, the Shih Tzu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a Shih Tzu hairstyle uh, oftentimes gets applied, where there's that <laughs> one tiny little, like, sprout of top knot. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. what I think of. I feel I like we've talked... Time. No, no. see, this this opens up, like, a, a whole new... Um, not, like, the, the Shih Tzu thing, but this open... The, the idea of, like, ranking front office... Like, f- Sounders front office administrators' hairstyles... Yeah. Uh, ...has opened up something for me to, to the point where I'm, like, thinking, okay, who else 
in or around the Sounders front office or maybe like coaching staff has had an interesting because we've always talked about like the many hairstyles of DeAndre Edlin, Tyrone Mears, um, uh, not knew who, uh, even Raul Ruiz Diaz. <laughs> Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about the many different hairstyles that all of these different players have had, but now I'm trying to think of the, like, did Garth, <laughs> did Siggy Schmidt ever rock, rock a mohawk? <laughs> oh, dude, are you kidding? That'd be awesome. <laughs> it would have been awesome. Ah, he did. Oh, that's too yeah, bad. Yeah. So, RIP in pieces. In well, peace. The, yeah. <laughs> this week, the blind from carbon freezing Sounders FC take on the grand and terrifying Sarlacc pit, where they'll be digested slowly and rather painfully over the course of a thousand years. <laughs> Turns out that purple pattern on their jerseys was stomach acid. <laughs> <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> Uh, thanks for uh, downloading the pod. Thanks for everything. You want to catch up with us anywhere else, full90podcast.com is our link tree to our OnlyFans and to everything else that we're uh, – everywhere else you can find us. So support us. Uh, you just mentioned the Purple Haze kits. Um, turned out that seeing those, I loved them. I loved them. The um, season ticket holder scarves. When I first read that, I thought you were talking about the um, – I thought that the season ticket holder scarf was the Jimi Hendrix-inspired uh, scarf that came you know, out the same day as the, as the yeah. kit. And then I looked at the picture that you dropped ah, in, yeah. and I'm like, what is going on there? It's like purple and orange and yellow. It has the colors, but like – it looks like it is your birthday period. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. It looks like it's like Dwight Schrute. Yeah. Now, listen, I should I, I should take that all back because whoever designed it, I'm sorry. You probably It's a supporter, right? It's like a Sounder supporter had I think oh, a season ticket no. a season ticket member uh 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 designed that that scarf. And then we all voted for it, so there we go. Well, and I read so uh I went to Reddit to see what the reactions to this were. Like are we just overly critical jerks or um like what are other people's yes. reaction? <laughs> I mean, the answer is yes. Uh but what is the reaction to this from, you know, other supporters? And I, I went and looked and uh one person said that a bunch of them uh voted on it before they knew what they grew they voted on it in grayscale. Because like these these people weren't designing scarves with the fact that the purple haze jersey colors were going to be what they are this scarf matches those purple oh. haze jerseys so it seems like sounders fc took the opportunity to take this scarf design and turn it into a uh complimentary uh scarf to the to the new jersey but <laughs> the, a couple of the reactions on reddit this one uh, says well this one will be staying in my collection of yearly scarves and never leaving my house <laughs> and then my my personal favorite i literally thought this was a box of spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> that is sad <laughs> i think it's probably because like when they opened it up in the box and it was all folded over and you just had those like orange tassels at the end it probably just looked like a like a spaghetti monster i don't even have there. to ra- i don't even have to rationalize it it is um, yeah it's just fine oh yeah. my god yeah it's um but like i look at the design i'm like Digging in, just getting a little bit closer here, literally leaning in on my screen. And the design looks pretty cool. Like, I like I mean, the idea. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it looks like you get a little skyline on one side, uh, and then you get, like, um, a 
like a marquee uh, sign, like the Paramount um, out on the other side that says Seattle Sounders on it. Really, I mean, like really cool. Um, also, <laughs> at the same time, it seems like one of those things where um, when sometimes like you see your friend sharing on Facebook, look, everybody, I'm nominated for cutest baby on this Facebook group. Everybody go vote. Yeah. Um, it kind of looks like somebody who just has a lot of friends who went in and voted like 100 times each. <laughs> King <laughs> five get... best of Western Washington award. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to say. It's hard to. Think, Where Fitz, uh, spit, Fitz would spend like an entire three months just talking about it on the radio to win it. And then he'd be like, look, I'm the best morning show host ever, according yeah. to all my love, loving fans. Yeah, it's uh, it's it definitely looks like one of those fan designs. Hey, shout, out fan to whoever, shout out to whoever nominated me one year. I think that's really nice. That was really sweet of you. <laughs> I proceeded to not do anything with it. but Thanks, Lori. <laughs> no, are you? <laughs> my wife doesn't like me. <laughs> Or listen to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. She wouldn't. <laughs> that would not be a thing. <laughs> anyway, right. if you listen to this podcast and you design that scarf, uh, just. I'm sorry that they butchered sorry. it with the colors. Please, they will blame please. someone else. I, I honestly do think that if this were in Sounders, you know, blue and green, yeah. it would look a lot better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just think it's hard to, maybe in person too, it'll look cool. It's just, I think it's just hard to, um, I think it's just hard to make those colors work together without it being like a professional graphic designer using it has to be done techniques very well like the sounders jersey was like the uh the colors were used in the exact right kind of proportions, proportions. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 good 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 all right so um we're leading up to at the time of recording this we're now nine days away from the home opener that i won't be at and people are going to be in the stands how exciting that we'll have seven thousand, which seems weird since the city said they could have or the state said they could have nine thousand, but seven thousand fans will be able to attend the matches starting by opening it up to season ticket holders I don't know what their system looks like. I kind of read around looking for how that was going to play out, but it, it seems like it's kind of confusing for everybody. None of my friends in my season ticket pod have any idea either. So what do you got? It's it's weird. Um, it's uh, it's whoever has the most gam and tam money. Can... <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you are able to somehow get uh, the Sounders along with Nico Ladero to sign Luis Suarez to the team, uh, <laughs> you get the, all the tickets. Uh, no, so it's it's kind of confusing. I, I mean, it, it is just straight up confusing. So um, on April thirteenth, so that's mm -hmm. uh, that's next what Wednesday, whatever, uh, yeah. or, or Tuesday or something. Um, the the Sounders. Uh, Tickets are, sales are being opened to season ticket members, and they're getting priority access uh, before the general public. That basically means for such a small uh, inventory of tickets that everything is going to be sold out by the time that it becomes available to uh, the general public. To be clear, it's 30,000-ish season ticket holders, and there's 7,000-ish tickets that are going to be available, so only one in about four people will actually be able to score tickets. And that's and that's one in about four season ticket members, not even considering the, you know, vast number of people, you know, probably 20,000 other people who regularly attend games, right? Yeah. Um, and so if all of the tickets, so and, and, and these season ticket members, I mean, I think this is, you, you take care of the people who support you year over year, give you, you know, a bunch of money to pay for season tickets first, right? You take care of right. those consistent fans. Um, I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to give it to season ticket members, especially when it's a, a group of as large as it is. Okay. Um, 
they are going to be given access to buy tickets to any of all, any and all of the five games if they would like to. Um, and they uh, uh, those go on sale to the general public on the 14th. You got to imagine that on the 13th, everything's gone. Um, so you're talking about 7,000 tickets per game for five games. That's 35,000, I think, uh, if I if I know math, which I don't. Um, it's 35,000 tickets. Uh, and many of those people are going to be buying many, you know, multiple, yeah. multiple. Game so that's tickets. where my question lays is that how are you going to make it other than whoever gets in fastest? Like, is it just going to be the same group of season ticket holders that buys all five matches and then everyone it, else is screwed? Or do you get kicked to the back of the queue if you get tickets or how is it going to work it, out? And have so they that through? season ticket members have been given two, uh, two different access windows with the uh, inaugural season ticket members uh like the the people who have been season ticket members since day one getting first dibs for an hour and then i think like the second hour it opens up to the rest of the season ticket holders um and so it's i mean you, you it might all be sold out by the time even that second wave gets it um i don't know exactly how big the number of the inaugural people is but it's it's you know it's at least a couple of thousand right um if if all of those people are you know remaining uh uh season ticket holders so um anyway it's 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 going to be interesting don't get your hopes up if you're not currently a season ticket holder <laughs> as 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 terrible as that sound um that said you got to imagine there's going to be a big secondary market for these tickets. I would imagine uh, that some of these guys are going to go in and uh, buy a ton of like buy tickets to all of the games, even the ones that they can't go to um, and then try to sell them on the secondary market. That sucks. If that's the case, that is absolutely you got to think you got to think that because these are real people with real tickets connected to their accounts and the Sounders and the rest of MLS and other leagues, uh, have done a lot over the last few years using systems like SeatGeek and you know Ticketmaster and all of these different things, trying to really um, clamp down on um, gouging, price gouging on tickets. And so you think that that maybe because these are real people with real tickets, bots aren't going to be able to have gone in there and buy a bunch of tickets and try to sell them for 400% of their selling price, um, that maybe that secondary market won't be insane. Uh, but But people have proven over and over to be terrible. So yeah, I, I was along for the ride for those four years where the worst person was making the decisions and the person who would definitely buy them up and resell them for a profit. Like there are plenty of actual human beings that are capable of being very, very yeah. turd like. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and as far as COVID goes, I mean, this is maybe too much detail, but everything's being sold in pods. Um, so you have to buy actually a pod of tickets. Those pods range between two and six people. You have to buy the entire pod. Uh, your pod has to be from the same household or uh, a new term, permissible quarantining unit <laughs> or a PQ, a PQU, a PQU, if you will. Um, and uh, you can actually transfer uh, those those pods, but you have to transfer the entire pod of tickets uh, as a single unit. Um, and then no more than two ticket pods will share a single row. So social distancing, everybody has to wear a mask as long as you're over the age of two. Uh, so you're welcome babies um, for not <laughs> having to wear a mask. Uh, go Spokane. Are they going to, and then like, you're going to be able to take your mask off if you're drinking beers, I'm guessing. Well, we'll see how all that works out after the first match here yeah, uh, a week yeah. from Friday. Yeah. Okay. So 
The my bigger issue for this team is the lack of competitive play that they're seeing right now. Everyone's kind of in their preseasons. Some teams are down in Tucson for the I forget if it's Desert Diamond or Casino of the Sun Cup or whatever it is. Uh, down there playing and enjoying some sunshine and some 85, 95 degree weather or whatever. And Seattle's up here kind of training solo. Phoenix Rising was supposed to come, but because of COVID really reasons, they didn't make it up for scrimmaging. So the team has just largely been playing against one another and that seems like it's going to not be super fruitful yeah they have one i think they'll play one more they played one preseason game against portland um they played i think one preseason game against uh like seattle u or something like that and they've been playing a lot of intra-squad scrimmages against like tacoma defiance players um they're they will play one more competitive you know uh, training match against the San Diego Loyal uh, SC, which I think is, is that the team that's coached by Landon Donovan? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so uh, kind of interesting there. So they'll play one more, you know, but that's USL talent, right? Like they've only really played one game against an MLS quality side, uh, if you consider Fartland uh, MLS quality, uh, <laughs> uh, in in the last, you know, month and and i've seen from many managers uh in uh in mls you've seen a lot of uh concern around player fitness now that said you watch the sounders inner squad scrimmage uh between you know side a and side b and it's a mixture of uh starters on on both of those sides and like freddie montero and will bruin are scoring like obafemi martins and clint dempsey goals like will bruin back healing through balls to to um freddie montero who's then curling it in uh <laughs> knew who scissor scissor <laughs> scissor kick tackling freddie montero just to make sure that he never plays another game for seattle <laughs> it's it's you know it's all there <laughs> <laughs> New Who versus Montero is the matchup I did not know I needed, but boy, it's uh <laughs> It does it feels like um it feels like in in the terms of unlikely and I'm hoping like this is complete Sounders fanfic at this point. But sure, sure. <laughs> like this whole this, this whole podcast is. Yeah. <laughs> It feels like uh, like if, if Nuhu and Freddie Montero becomes like the unlikely friendship, it feels very much like that could be the modern sequel to Karate Kid. <laughs> like one guy that like speaks Spanish uh, and owns a coffee shop training this other kid who speaks French and is from Cameroon and makes no money uh, on how to be like a decent soccer player or a coffee shop owner. I don't know. <laughs> well, you got to have a backup plan there. Uh, Freddie looks like he's... um. Looks like he's pretty stoked to be back. I like that really uh, more mature Freddie Montero. We talked about it last time where he like was a bit of a lazy player in his previous stint with Seattle. A hero, obviously, scored all the goals and everything. But there's a lot of times where I'd be screaming at the TV or at the pitch for him to get back and help out when they were vulnerable or to just make a run or whatever, and he wouldn't do it. Now he seems like he's a lot soccer smarter. He seems like he's really excited to be here in Seattle where some of his family is. That commute's probably a little bit easier. Um, so it's it looks promising. And he's like, you know, like you said, dropping hat tricks and stuff like that. Again, yeah. it's just scrimmaging and you don't read anything into that. But it's nice to see a guy looking so comfortable. He scored four goals in that preseason match. And um, all the, the at least the three that I saw were um, were all class. I mean... They were all great goals. The the second one where he, he like chips 
uh, Stefan Fry, I think, uh, is who the goalkeeper was on the other side, chips him on a like a kind of a half volley. Uh, the the first one was that back heel through ball. I'm not making that up. That was like a back heel through ball from Will Bruin, and, and he just like gently curls it into the far post. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. So the reason though, like uh, Will Bruin is the guy making that back heel and not Raul Ruiz Diaz, which is what we all want to see, right? <laughs> like we want to see what's this Raul? Like are we gonna get a Freddie Clint? Or sorry, a uh, Clinton Oba uh, uh, 2.0 with Raul and Freddie. I mean, I think that's wishful thinking. However, uh, Raul hasn't been in, in preseason with the rest of the team because he's been in Peru trying to get his green card. So when you try to get a green card for the United States, you actually have to go out of the country and wait for that application to go through. So a lot of players will go up to like their country's embassy up in like Vancouver, for instance. But now that the borders closed, we can't be making those kinds of trips to mm. uh, to Canada. So he stayed in Peru um, where he was spending his off season and, and, you know, working out on his own individually waiting it as a green card. That process took a lot longer than I think the Sounders front office and even Raul Ruiz Diaz himself we're anticipating. And I think that that's been frustrating. Brian Spencer has talked about how frustrating it is because he wants to see and start to get Freddie Montero and Raul Rui Diaz together to get comfortable with each other. Wow. So is the green card then more feared than the red card? <laughs> that's, of course, your uh, Ariaga. I, I think that Raul, Raul Rui Diaz was pursuing his green card with the same vigor that Ariaga pursues his red cards. <laughs> Five a season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it is a great. Uh, I mean, it's worth it for the Sounders for a Raul to get that green card spot. A, it means. I mean, I think it shows. Yeah, you a little, think? <laughs> yeah, it shows some commitment to from Raul to stay with this team. That the fact that he's trying to get per, you know permanent residency uh, here in the country. Wait, Dude, isn't he on an eight figure contract though? Like, I mean, there's there's other yeah. reasons why that's pretty. No, but it, but it does show his like you know he could still go sign if he gets a nine figure contract from some other team. Right, like go go sign somewhere. Else. He's not going to go make a hundred million dollars anywhere. I promise. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> does does the nine figure include decimal decimal places? <laughs> um, uh, but but on top of that, it opens up an international spot on the Sounders roster if they wanted to go sign somebody else. As if Garth Lagerway would ever do that <laughs> during this transfer window. No, no, no. We got to wait till the end of the season to make those moves happen. Yeah. Okay, well, um, I, I'm glad that it looks like he's on his way. I saw a Instagram story of him being, I don't know what he said, but effectively, like, see you nerds later, Peru, <laughs> and, uh, and then got out of there or whatever. So it looks like, is he already back in Seattle? They were anticipating him coming back by as early as Friday. Yeah, he left like it. a few days ago, I'm pretty sure, or a couple of days ago. I'm sure yeah. that the, um, there might be some weird quarantining process that he has to go through oh, upon, great. A, upon, upon arrival. So, But he's already had COVID, I'm pretty sure. So I think we're in the clear. <laughs> twice. <laughs> yeah, twice. Great. <laughs> 69 times. <laughs> Hey, you mentioned a guy in the at the top there when we were making fun of people's hair that they can't control. And, uh, well, one guy's hair we couldn't control, but the other guy made some choices. Uh, sporting director, Seattle Sounders FC have appointed someone new to replace Chris Henderson, Craig Wabel. What, yeah. do, what do we know about old Craig Craig Craigery there? Craigery, Wag Crable. Um, he's yeah. So after Chris Henderson, uh, former sporting director and VP of soccer operations. Wait a second. Is this Steve Rabel in Wario disguise? 
Shades of Sand. He's like, it's a me, Craig Wable. It's like that Felix Hernandez commercial where he's like, no, it's a me, Felix Hernandez. Fernandez. Fernandez. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So Craig Wable, uh, also sporting director, just reminding me, like Sporting Kansas City FC, sporting director, City FC, Craig Wable uh, is. Yeah. I definitely thought I definitely thought it was sporting, like he was the from Sporting. Oh no. 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 He's. he, uh, so sporting, sporting direct, I almost said it again. Uh, Craig Wable is the new uh, guy to replace the departing Chris Henderson, who now works for Inter Miami and who's been stealing, um, you know, Kelvin Leardam and, and Dutch people left and right. He's, uh, it's really a problem, the amount of Dutch people who are disappearing and, and just showing up in Miami. Um, actually, that kind of sounds like what happens to Cubans. Um, <laughs> Sad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Craig Wable uh, worked with and was the GM um, or or like, you know, counterpart to Garth Lagerway back when Garth Lagerway was the GM at uh, Real Salt Lake. Oh, cool. Um, after Garth Lagerway departed, um, Wable stuck around for a couple more years, eventually getting promoted to Garth's old position at Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake is... N- if you were to look at their uh, success or lack thereof under Wable as GM, you would say, like, why are we hiring this guy to direct our soccer operations, right? Um, there's a lot more going on at that club, including a bunch of lawsuits from current front office staff against the owner of that team who's, like, a racist and... Uh, alleged. Alleged racist. Um, and 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 so anyway, so and that team was not spending money um, on players right so craig wable uh is is was kind of hamstrung at that team not being able to really do oh perfect he'll fit in perfectly here (laughs) (laughs) he's got hamstring problems that's great he was was hamstrung and now he will hamstring sign him now whatever price i don't care eight (laughs) figures let's go um so anyway so he is uh back with garth lagerway paired up um when those two were together and rsl was kind of at its height uh, they were doing great things down at RSL, and 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 specifically like magic. Yeah, they, they were doing. Yeah, it was kind of like a, a Penn and Teller type thing. It was uh, a logger, I... Loggerway and Wable. <laughs> 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 As uh, uh, so, they um, they the specific best thing about what they were doing, according to many, including RSL supporters is that their youth pipeline, their youth uh, development pipeline, uh, which RSL has been known for along with other teams like Dallas, um, was just firing on all cylinders. They were they were just really taking advantage of of the youth. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to say. They were they were they were um, let's just say their their youth pipeline was flourishing. So they're getting a lot of homegrown players who were com- who were contributing to the team in, in big ways. Okay, good. Okay. I don't know how else to say it without talking. I can't talk about kids. The youth development uh, program was superb. There we go. It was good. Okay. So, Wable, <laughs> a little bit about him. Uh, he's born in Portland, uh, but he actually grew up in Spokane, which is uh, pretty cool. Double he, bad. He, oh. he, he, graduated, okay. he graduated from the same high school that uh, my wife actually went to, just like 30 or 25 years uh, before her. Oh. Did he also have that awesome hair before he decided to go with I don't, the I don't know. I want to know look? I want to know which uh 90s rapper he appropriated his uh hairstyle from back then. <laughs> <laughs> um but he he played uh actually for the Sounders in the A League. I think it was between 1999 and 2000 and then he went and played in MLS for the Earthquakes and then the Dynamo when the Earthquakes got moved to Houston. Um he's won four MLS Cups. 
Uh, and yeah, so anyway, he's got uh, some pedigree in the league. He isn't the biggest name. It sounds like the Sounders had some like assistant coaches from the Premier League. It sounds like they had just a bunch of other people who had their hat in the ring for this. But um, Wable won it out. And it's really fun to say his name. Uh, the but and so we're gonna get a um, a new kind of magic show in in Seattle, the the Loggerway and Wable show. So I don't have the stats in front of me. I just have the impression. This is just from the gut that the two of them together at Real Salt Lake made a team in a place that you wouldn't expect to be good flourish. Mm-hmm. That they were instrumental. We got Garth Loggerway here. Everyone expected big big things. I got two stars tattooed on my arm because of it. He's been an instrumental addition and a huge part of the continued Sounders success. If the team he was at previously, he worked with a guy that made a unlikely place be successful, that's a great addition then. And if you're going to lose Chris Henderson, we should explain what the job is. Chris Henderson would travel throughout Latin America and the world even. Korea to find- is where we got Kim and, and Chris Henderson was there scouting him. He he travels around the world. He traveled around the world to find the next talent for the team. And so, if at a time Real Salt Lake was killing it because that guy had uh, a hand in that, then this is awesome. This is it should be good news. And I look forward to not caring about what the front office does because it's boring, but also knowing that we likely have a good pairing there. Yeah, look, this doesn't mean the Sounders are going to be able to, with Wable and Loggerway, going to be able to go out and and just start signing. A bunch of big names, but um, Garth Loggerway in some interviews has said, "Like, look, we don't need those big names because when we signed Ladero, he wasn't a household name in in MLS, right? Not everybody's going to know him, but now people do because he's a consistent year over year MVP candidate. Um, not everybody knew, barely anybody knew who uh, Raúl Ruiz Diaz was. This like obscure striker from Peru who came and instantly made an impact for this team." Um, so a Montreal impact, <laughs> which R.I.P. Pepper, <laughs> in peace. Yeah. Um, they, so so it doesn't mean that we're going to, especially now after COVID, uh, it doesn't mean that the Sounders are going to start going making big splashy signings uh, that they've replaced Chris Henderson. But what it does mean is that you're going to get a lot of, um, you know, collaboration in that front office and, and finally going to have uh, hopefully uh, a, a much more robust and um, uh, productive uh, youth pipeline to to start to get some of those young players who the Sounders are already doing a pretty good job. You saw in that preseason um, inter 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 squad scrimmage, um, some of those young guys were scoring goals. And like, there's this like Josh Atencio scored this like crazy outside the box half like volley, full volley uh, goal that was incredible. So like the Sounders young kids are doing great. Um, but if you can increase that pipeline to where you're consistently not only developing players who can contribute to your team, but also then go and sell those players to European clubs and get even more money, um, which is like the ultimate goal, uh, then then, you know, that's great. And if if Wable can help him do that, then, um, you know, all the more power to him. Isn't it crazy how in the last two, three, four seasons that, you know, MLS is constantly like, no, we're not a seller's league. We're we're a serious development league for we're going to be a real you know, we're going to be a real uh, worldwide force. And then you look at all the players, the Americans that have suddenly gone to the biggest clubs in Europe and are killing it. And it like is very exciting to know that, yeah, we should be shipping some of these American players off to even bigger clubs for bigger heights to try and build a better product here. I think it's I just I think it's rad to see that. And I hope that they're smart enough to lean into it. Letting Jordan Morris go and do that 
<laughs> very short stint in Swansea. <laughs> I think that was like a really good indicator that even Seattle Sounders aren't um, close-minded to that happening, especially Look, when there's money on the line. And, and MLS needs to kind of recognize, and I think does for the most part recognize where it sits on like the world soccer landscape, right? Like you're not going to be a Premier League, a La Liga, a League Un. Like you are a development league. At the end of the day, the best that you can do, I mean, I mean, people talk about it as a retirement league. I wouldn't go that far, but I would say that um, you're giving older players second chances to continue their career and possibly work their way back up into those top levels. And you're giving young players a platform to show what they can do at a professional level so that they can then go get, you know, uh, small contracts at some of the larger European uh, clubs. So... That's where MLS is. I think to think about it as anything else is um, you're confused. <laughs> All right, let's talk about concussions. Poor old Kakaru from Yokozuna now to retirement, a sport where the concussions are out of control from fat guys smashing into each other. <laughs> we're go- one of the greats is gone. That is not actually where I think you thought I was going to go with that. But, that isn't uh, where I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to go I, where I was helping my friends move uh, last Friday, and I got hit in the head with like a big steel lamp, and I think I got a concussion. I thought, how did how did Greg know about that? <laughs> uh, I channeled my inner kakaru, and... Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I didn't know concussions gave you telekinesis. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to circle back around on that <laughs> after the pot there, Brandon. <laughs> um, <laughs> such a great, great job. Okay. Um, there's a, a change to the rules now that I think MLS is doing such a great job with, and I don't know what the policy is in the other leagues because I have been so underwater with my professional life that I'm not following. But there's an update. MLS is implementing a concussions subs rule. So, I mean, we were just talking about MLS as a development um, <clears throat> club or as a, as a development league for other big leagues in the country. We debuted VAR, baby. We, we did. So so VAR first got tested by FIFA, uh, the global governing body of soccer. Uh, the VAR was first implemented in, in MLS because they were like, who cares if it sucks? It's MLS. Uh, and then they did, uh, employed that sucky system to the rest of the world. Uh, so they kind of see, I think FIFA kind of sees MLS as this testing ground for new policies that they're considering. Um, and uh, one of those policies is this new uh, concussion substitution protocol. And what that means is, um, so last year during COVID, I think because of fitness and, and a variety of other reasons, they implemented a five substitution rule. So, um, you can make a total of five substitutions. Your team can make a total of, of five substitutions over three um, uh, substitution periods during the game. Like you can at three times, you can make substitutions. You can make up to five of them. You can make yeah. five separate substitutions. Okay, um, that was way more complicated than it needed to be. Yeah, you could do. You could still do three subs. Three times you could stop the match to do a sub. It's just that you have a total of five people that you can bring on. Right. All right. Okay. Uh, so. Now, you can still do that. You have those five substitutions. However, if anybody on the field on your team uh, is suspected to have uh, received a concussion, you can now make a additional uh, substitution for that player, and that does not count against your five. And it doesn't, count, and it doesn't have to be made during one of those um, 
uh, three uh, substitutions that you make. Um, and you can do that twice. So you have realistically, um, if two guys on your team uh, get bonked, uh, you could realistically have up to seven substitutions uh, in a match. And so everybody except your goal, your backup goalkeeper and potentially your backup goalkeeper <laughs> could see the field uh, with an 18-man roster, 17 of those players. Wow, no, so- no, all 18 of them. You have 11 on the field, yeah. seven on the bench. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody could play. Oh, it's like uh, it's like AYSO. It's what Spokane is afraid of. Everyone, everyone can play, and we won't keep track of score. <laughs> Everybody can get a trophy. <laughs> um, so, so if two of your players get a concussion or or are hit in the head, and it's expected that they may have a concussion, um, you can you can sub them out for somebody who doesn't have a concussion. Um, you can do that twice. Sweet. But as long as you're not the third guy to get a concussion, because if you're the third guy to get bonked, you're dead. <laughs> like, sorry, sorry, you just got to tough this one out. <laughs> we're going 80s style on this one. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go John Olerud on this one and, and make you wear a helmet for the rest of the match. <laughs> Wrap his head in, in some sort of gross white bandage. It's, it's it's Nate Jaqua. <laughs> oh, poor Jaqua. I don't. Do you remember that when he? he oh got, yeah. Was it was that an open cup match that he got hit in the head and then was just like bleeding profusely? <laughs> <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> oh my god, that was awesome. <laughs> we're joking, of course. Yeah. If you you can't see the faces we're making as we say that stuff, <laughs> they're very sarcastic looking faces. Yes. I, I feel like I live in that space. Either I'm mad at my three-year-old or I have sarcasm face going, so that's good. Yeah. Okay, well, that's uh, that's exciting. It's nice to see the MLS could be, I mean, sorry, MLS could be the place where things get tested out that work out for everybody. No, I, can't, I can't wait till the first time we see a player that, like, gets kicked in the leg, falls down, grabs his head because exactly. they need an extra sub. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, how, how, how many times is it going to be like, oh, you know, we've already made our five subs and... um. Now Jordan Morris is holding his hamstring and we are going to effectively be playing with 10 men. Hey, Jordan, Jordan, go get kicked in the head, bud. And then and then be like, oh, we have to make a concussion. Ariaga, kick him in the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see if it if it's ever like obviously abused in order to um, in order to make that sub. I think that the doctors involved in I wonder if there has to be some sort of independent medical professional that handles that. Mm. I bet you that's what I, we'll end up looking at. From what I was reading, so I've got I've actually got the the Oh, news. gross. You were reading about uh, it? That sucks. Yeah. So it says the match officials cannot be part of the team's uh, decision-making process as to whether a player should be substituted or not. So it's a team decision-making process and the match officials can't be like there's a head injury i think it's a substitution you need to you need to make that substitution um so really i think it's just the team's uh uh the team's doctor the team's medical staff who does the you know the magic tent that russell wilson goes into for 30 seconds drinks bubbly water and then comes out and is no longer concussed yeah. uh, i think if we can get that magic tent and that bubbly water we have the guys Loggerway and wable magic tent <laughs> i don't even know where to go from I can't believe you wove the magic back in. That was amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, looking forward to the match next week. We'll pod once more before that happens just to get excited about all the specifics of it. Yeah, and yeah case... I don't even know who they're playing right now. So, 
In case you just woke up from concussion protocol, it's time for TLDL. Too long, didn't listen. Too long, didn't listen. <laughs> uh, Loggerway and Wable are getting the magic act back together. Shazam! <laughs> uh, all right, too long, didn't listen. Brandon has telekinesis, can't talk to dead people. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh.